The Atlanta Braves are enjoying one of the best runs they've had in quite some time. They already have won a World Series, six straight division titles in their pockets, but seems like more is there for the Atlanta Braves. On today's episode, Graham McCauley is going to join me. We're going to talk about the state of the Braves entering 2024 as the year comes to a close. We'll discuss all that on today's episode of Locked on Braves, so let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at lockdown underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. If you're new on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. I'm over 8,300 subscribers on YouTube trying to make that trek towards 10K by opening day. You can help us get there by hitting that thumbs up button as well as it does help support the show. Whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the audio version, thank you so much for all your support here at Locked on Braves. And I hope you're all having a great Christmas and holiday season. Just a little bit of programming note. We're recording this on Monday, December 18th, and it's going to come out next Wednesday after Christmas. So just give you a little bit of heads up as Grant McCauley joins me. Some stuff may have happened between now and then. But on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the state of the Atlanta Braves. So we're going to be looking more future focused as well, just where the franchise is at the moment and what they predicted to do throughout the rest of this decade. And they're in a really good spot. So it's going to be a fun conversation here with Grant McCauley. And Grant, go ahead and bring you in here. And I'm really excited to have this discussion with you. Not really going to focus so much on the offseason for the Braves, but yeah, just where this team and this organization you know, stands overall, like I kind of mentioned in the open there, they've already won a World Series, six straight division titles. They have a great group of players locked up for a long time. They're selling out over half their games, over three million fans the last two years. The battery is making a quadrillion dollars, if that's <laughs> even a number. I mean, this just feels like, in my mind, the Braves are in a great place right now. I mean, it feels like it could be a golden era, but I think a lot of people are going to measure that by not only, you know, how many fans go through the turnstiles and, you know, what the regular season win total looks like, but let's be honest, championships are what everybody wants to see. And that's what the Braves set out to do every year. But as we know, and as we've seen the last couple of years, unlike 2021, where I'm not going to say it was easy there, it is pretty difficult to win the World Series. I think it's the hardest thing. Uh, for a team to do winning a championship and the randomness of the postseason, all the other factors that go into it, no matter how much time you spend over the winter, putting together the best roster and having the best roster, perhaps under contract for the better part of a decade. There are a few challenges that come along with that for Alex Anthopoulos and company. And then uh, of course it's up to the players as well in those moments and those opportunities to come through and to do the things that made them champions in 2021. So I guess long story short, I agree with you. I mean, they're in a great place, but We'll kind of talk about it, I'm sure, a lot more as we go on. You know, how exactly did the Braves mark their success? Because this is no longer any, you know, any club that's out there trying to figure out how do you get to the winning consistently? How do you get to a championship? But the Braves have already answered those questions. So what can they do to continue to build on that, to create a legacy? Maybe that's what they're looking to do. And I think that's kind of a lot of what this offseason is about. I know we're going to be looking more future focused, but coming off this season in which the Braves had, 
104 win season. They had the best offense, you know, we've probably ever seen, not just for the Braves team, but of any team in the history of the game. And yet they didn't win. They didn't win at all. And, you know, unfortunately, that's just the way it works a lot of times in sports. You're going to see, you know, how you finished. And I think we do ourselves a disservice when we discount 162 game sample size. But, you know, to get back into the conversation of the state of the Braves, I think what Alex Anthopoulos has done done a tremendous job of is getting the Braves a a seat at the table, as Brian Snicker likes to say at the end of the Uh season. And that's that's really all you can do in today's climate of Major League Baseball with the expanded postseason. And as you mentioned, the randomness of it. Now, I don't want to just use that as an excuse for the Braves not getting it done. You have to to get it done. But just in today's game, I really think the goal of any general manager is to just get your team there. Look at the Diamondbacks. I mean, yeah, they didn't win it, but I mean, they just got there and they got on a run and got hot. I mean, even the Rangers who did win, I mean, they didn't win their division. They kind of cooled off mm-hmm. there towards the end and lost the division and went on a run and won the World Series. And I think they were a very deserving team and they were a very good team. I'm not trying to take anything away from them, but you know, it does just kind of speak to the fact of the state of the game today, not just the state of the Braves, that getting to the postseason is, in my mind, still the general manager job, you know, top priority. And then you just kind of hope things fall your way once you get there. Yeah, because, I mean, you have to deal with things like injury, like performance factors that can happen for an offense that was so historically great last year. How in the world did the Braves end up in a four-game series, a four-game, you know, loss to the Philadelphia Phillies and have four extra base hits in the NLDS. I mean, it was baffling to see the Braves offense not look anything like what it did over the course of the season. So whether it's the the randomness factor, whether it's just the preparation factor, whether the break played a role in it, I mean, I I don't know. There's just really not a a good way to figure that out. But Brian Snitker did say at the winter meetings when we talked to him, like, look, it's our job to figure that out. So we thought we tried it one way in 2022. We thought we were better prepared in 2023. The results, though, that, to your point, is really where what it comes down to. They've got to figure out a way because this is a club that's designed to win. I mean, they're a club that's capable of winning the division again in 2024. Nobody's going to hand it to them. It's not easy to do that. And I do think it speaks to the continuity, the consistency, the culture, and some other words that don't begin with C as to why the Braves are who they are and why they've been as good as they have been for as long as they have been and quite possibly are built to win for even longer. But, you know, finding that recipe for success in the postseason I, th- I think that there's just some factors to it that I don't want to say it's just random chance, but you know we have seen how difficult and how impossible it's been for the last, what, two decades for clubs to win back-to-back or three in a row. I mean, the Yankees, what they did in the late 90s, that's the outlier. That's not something that we have seen much of in the past 20 or so years. And as we know, and as we'll talk about, I'm sure even more, you know, we felt like there was kind of a golden age of Braves baseball in the 1990s. And it kind of you know, as it wore on later in the decade and early into the 2000s, it started to feel a little bit different because, you know, getting to the World Series wasn't quite enough. It was winning the World Series. So there are different levels to your success. And you'd much rather be a club that's there, that's trying to figure it out, that has the opportunity, than a club that's wandering in the wilderness for a couple of decades, like the Pittsburgh Pirates did, for example, and some other clubs have, just trying to get there, just trying to win that first championship. There's still teams out there looking to do that. Yeah, and the Braves obviously have already done that with this core, and they're looking to do more. And that's just where the fan base is, where you're kind of you know going back to those 90s, 2000 days where you know division title is just, you know, it's kind of what you expect at this point. And fans obviously want more, and that's great. Like you said, that's where you want to be yep. as a fan base and as an organization. 
And now as we you know look at the Braves and where they are and this core that they have, and we mentioned you know the attendance numbers and all the money that they're making, which you know, publicly traded company, you see how yep. much that they're making. Now is the time, and we're seeing it. I'm not one of those that are sitting here calling the Braves cheap. I certainly am not. We're seeing that push. They are spending more money, and I think there's almost no excuse now. You don't want to just go out and spend you know, stupid money, as the Phillies once called it. You want to spend wisely, but I, I feel like there's no reason that this team, this organization, shouldn't be that top five payroll team like they've hinted at in the past. I think they've gotten to this point now. Mm-hmm. You know, they've certainly made this money. They've got these players locked up. This, in my mind, should should always have been a large market type of team. I think it should be one of the higher payrolls in all of baseball. Yeah, and I think that it is trending in that direction now. Are they going to take over that top spot? I'm not sure about that, but can they be a club that can be or should be expected to spend the likes in which they have every year. And I've talked to different people and everybody's got their thoughts. And I understand that there's a lot of nuance when you start talking about, you know, how much a team is going to, you know, really invest in its on-field product and how likely they are to spend here or there free agency, you know, trying to lock down your core was certainly a good thing to spend on. The Braves have done that and that sets them up nicely. I've always kind of wondered, you know, where is that maybe one or two big free agent moves that might come after that? But then you look at how much of this core is sustainable, and those deals do go up a little bit, you know, each and every year over the life of the contract. So it is going to look a little bit different from year to year. But the job of the general manager and that front office is to do that math and figure out ways to win. You know, nobody wants to hear all the reasons why you can't or all the excuses. They want to see results. And I think the expectation, another conversation I have a lot with people on social media and otherwise is, what are the expectations for the Braves? It should be World Series or bust. And I'll tell you, from talking to guys in that clubhouse, That is the expectation. They want to get to the World Series and win it. It's difficult to do, but I'm telling you, just as as far as, you know, wondering what exactly they are focused on, it's not, hey, we wanted to come win the division and anything else is great. No, they want to win the division on their way to winning the World Series. It's just one of those things that's, uh, you know, each and every playoff field is going to look a little bit different. The matchups are different. A lot of different, you know, factors all roll into it. So, not to talk the whole thing into a circle, but that expectation is there for the fan base. That expectation is there in the clubhouse. It's most certainly present in that front office. Now, what moves they can make to take a club that should be one of the top spending teams and is now becoming that top spending team to that next level. I'm really intrigued to see what exa- exactly that's going to be. Yeah, I am too. And you're right on it. One of the, the comments that, that pains me the most whenever I see it, I know you see it a lot, is that people who say that the Braves only care about the regular season. I, I guarantee you that team in there, and I know you're in that clubhouse and you're talking to those guys, they want to win a World Series just as badly as you do. And they're set up to do that for a long time with this core that they have, as you mentioned. Next, I want to get into that core, that young group position players they have locked up for so long. And we'll touch on the pitching side as well, which there is some more uncertainty in that side of things going forward. We'll discuss all that next. Get in on all the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than right now. You got the NFL season coming to a close. I unfortunately am out of my postseason NFL fantasy uh, fantasy football league there, but you're still in on that. And you can do so over at FanDuel. You got NBA, NHL going on, college football right now. So there's no better time to get in on the action over at FanDuel.com slash locked on. They have a wide range of betting options, including spreads, 
player props, over-unders, and more. And they just released their future bets for Major League Baseball. Ronald Acuna Jr. and Spencer Strider are currently your favorites to win the NL MVP and NL Cy Young in 2024 so you can go check out those numbers over there well as well again at fanduel.com slash locked on also visit fanduel.com slash play play save for helps for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play fanduel official partner of the nfl Lockdown has also launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Lockdown and our national shows covering every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Grant, getting you back into our discussion of the state of the Braves, I want to move it over to the player side of things where the Braves have done something I don't know that I've ever seen before with this core that they have locked up and have locked up for a long time. I'm talking about every position now, assuming Jared Kelnick is the answer and left field for some time. Mm-hmm. You're looking at catcher Sean Murphy locked up through 2029. I'm including team option years here. First base, Matt Olson locked up through 2030. Uh, second base, Ozzy 2027. Third base, Riley 2033. Arcia. Locked up through 2026 at two million a year. Uh, left field, like I said, with Kelnick, you have him through arbitration through 2028. Harris in center field 2032 and Acuna 2028. You could realistically have this group play together for three straight years. You just don't see that nope. for a team very often to have a group of position players who could realistically be together for this long. Again, we talked about that in the first segment there, just the job that Alex Anthopoulos has done. There's just not a lot of work for him to do on the position player side of things. No, I mean, you don't see teams like this since the reserve clause went away and free agency came into the game. And that's been what about five decades now. So no, as far as keeping a club together and, and being able to build a group that could play and hopefully win together for years to come, five, six, seven years in some cases more. I mean, that's uh, something I think all of baseball has seen it. And just from talking to folks around the winter meetings, I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, when I start to talk about this club or that club that they cover and they, you know, talk about the Braves and kind of share their thoughts that see that sustainability that is built in with signing all these players and, and thinks, man, it'd be really nice to A, produce all those players, which most of them were, produced in the Braves system, then make a couple of key trades and then be able to lock all those guys in so that you know the team that you have coming to spring training every year and you see them year over year building the culture and the chemistry that is so important in that clubhouse and is a huge part of their winning. And it's, I think, a lot of baseball teams across the, the entire sport and maybe a lot of sports in general would love to be able to say that they could keep their core together the way the Braves have built that up. Now, there will be pieces that you know may be locked in later on there may be changes to some of the pieces that are in place right now who knows what it's going to look like in five six seven years uh, let alone what it's going to look like in spring training as far as just rounding out a 40-man roster that's been more of a 30-man roster over the course of the winter but i do think it's the envy of a lot of clubs to be able to have what the braves have and you look at a lot of these contracts too and i mean Certainly some of them may hurt on the back end, but a lot of these guys are still, you know, in their late 20s going into their 30s. Right. I mean, it's not like they're locking guys up in free agency and you're paying for their their age 30 through 38 season. I mean, they're locking these guys up early in the prime of their careers. You have Acuna through his age 30 season. I mean, so you look at some of these deals and these contracts they have, you 
I mean, you can't predict the future. There's injuries, there's regression that could certainly happen, but it just doesn't look like right now any of these are contracts that are going to hurt you. You have Ozzy Albies, who's probably the biggest deal in baseball, making $7 million the next two years, and then you have two team options at $7 million. So again, even just looking at the contracts themselves and the players they have, they're all going, either entering their prime or in the middle of their prime. They're not talking about guys who are in their 30s. No, and there's a huge difference too. And I know people look at these deals that are signed, you know, pre-arbitration, especially a lot of these players that sign these extensions buy out all those arbitration years and a couple of free agent years on the other side of that. Some, and like the case of Austin Riley, clearly it was built to be a, a much bigger deal than that. Matt Olson, also, that's the case with him. But you know, putting all of that aside, I mean, it, it's it's crazy to see. You know, I I mean, I'm a big proponent of players getting their money. So free agency. You're not going to see me complaining about this guy or that guy signing for a lot, but the system has been built for so long towards playing or paying the players for what they've already done rather than paying them for what you expect them to do moving forward. And I say that in regards to free agency and a lot of the big deals for players over the other side of 30, because father time is undefeated. I mean, people or players are going to regress. You know, I don't see anybody who's going to put up the Barry Bonds final six or seven years of his career, because we know, there were some reasons why he was able to do that that may not be available to players these days. In fact, I don't think they are, but it's I, I'm I'm really it's so interested in the way that the Braves were able to pull this off because again, there's just not another team out there, not another model that I can look at that sets the tone that the way that the Braves have done it. Uh, so, you know, moving forward, I mean, this is a group that is so capable of doing things and in the prime of its career, that makes it, I think, even more unique. And you know, like you said, if somebody does regress or an injury does happen, this is not a contract where you're looking at how do we get out of the final $220 million of it? Say the way the Tigers were feeling about Miguel Cabrera when he started his decline and was making about $30 million a year, if memory serves. Yeah, pull holes too. I mean, at the end of yeah, that contract, yeah, he ended up yeah, just getting cut. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you look at these deals that, that they have, and I mean, they're a lot of them are somewhat team friendly. But again, it's not like they're they're locking these guys up into their their late thirties. A lot of them is players going into their prime. And just want to clear this up too: they're not going anywhere. Alex Anthopoulos kind of cutting the the idea or speculation that he might look to trade some of these team friendly contracts to upgrade in other areas. These guys are locked in. You can buy their Jersey and feel pretty comfortable right. that you can wear it for a long time. And you know, that does help a lot and does some okay. for, for sales and for fans as well. Now, turning things over to the starting pitching side of things, there are big question marks about that going forward. And that's been a you know hot topic of debate and conversation this off season because Max Freed, could very well be gone after this upcoming season. Charlie Morton very well could be gone after this upcoming season. And you're looking at a starting rotation that's headlined by Spencer Strider, who I mentioned earlier is the front runner to win the Cy Young in 2024. But then you're looking at Bryce Elder as your starting pitcher too. Maybe Ronaldo Lopez going back in the rotation. You got some question marks. Waskari Noah, Ian Anderson, maybe AJ smith Shaver, or Hurston Waldrop develops into that role. You know, maybe some other young guys come up and Owen Murphy, Spencer Schwellenbach. There's just there's a lot of question marks beyond 2024 in the starting rotation other than Spencer Strider. You know, you thought at one point Kyle Wright would be a part of that. Yeah. Maybe Michael Soroka. Again, I mentioned Ian Anderson, question marks about him. I mean, there was one point you thought this could be a very solid and strong rotation going forward. But as we know, things, especially with pitchers, can change very, very quickly. But again, as you just project beyond 2024, there are some serious concerns about what this rotation could look like. Yeah, there are. There are big-time big question marks for sure. I think we already joked about this a little earlier this offseason when Charlie Morton 
you know, decided to come back that, hey, you're not going to be able to sign him every year to plug a hole in the rotation with a guy that can, you know, pick up some strikeouts and cover you for 30 starts. I mean, unfortunately, he wasn't available for October, but that's another story. But you do have Spencer Strider. He's the only pitcher in this group, as we talked about, of this core that's been locked in, uh, you know, to these long-term extensions. Spencer Strider is the only arm in that case. And, you know, Max Freed closer to free agency, clearly, than Spencer Strider was when he signed his deal in 2022. Now Max Freed's even a year closer. to He's in his walk year. So what's that going to look like? Are the talks still going to go on? Can they get a deal done with him? Because as much as it would be nice to add an Aaron Nola or maybe a little bit older pitcher like a Sonny Gray to kind of you know help bring some cohesion to that group or, or solidify that starting rotation, it'd be awful nice to have Max Freed around for the next five, six, seven years if they can figure out a way to extend his contract. And I think that is probably something that they're going to look into that possibility, but how will it play in that free agent walk year? We don't know. Uh, you know, is it possible for the Braves to produce starting pitchers in their system? Absolutely. They've done a little bit of that. I think that the, the miss rate for that is a little bit higher than you would like. Certainly they're not all going to become stars. They're not all going to become, you know, key members of your rotation, but you want to draft as many quality arms as you can to try to turn them in. And some of them are late bloomers like Kyle Wright was. So, I don't think you can count on it all coming from the system, I guess is what I'm saying. So whether it's by trade, by free agency, by extending Freed, the Braves have some questions that they need to answer about this rotation beyond the year 2024, even though there's still, I think, at least one question mark about what this Braves rotation will look like truly bell to bell. And by the time the postseason rolls around next year in the starting five for 2024. Yeah, big question marks for sure. And, you know, as you talk about how they – put this staff together in the future. You know, there's obviously trade conversations. Do you trade for a Dylan Cease? Do you trade for a Corbin Burns? If you do that, then you're giving up guys that could perhaps be part of that rotation long-term. And so if you trade for a Cease from a Burns and you can't extend them and you can't lock them up long-term, then you find yourself in this spot again in a couple of years. So it's a tough, tough spot that Alex Anthopoulos is in. Like you said, I don't think you can expect all these moves to come internal, but I do think you're going to have to hope that at least a couple of guys can filter into this rotation in 2024 and become part of that. And then you maybe you supplement it, supplement it through a trade and free agency either this offseason or the next. But I do want to go back and talk about Max Freed because that is the one arm you have in-house right now that you have the opportunity to try and lock up long term. One per- team that a lot of people have thought the Dodgers, you know, and the Dodgers that may be one of Max Freed's top suitors. They're spending a lot of money this offseason. They certainly have more to go, but in my mind, the more I see them, you know, they got a Tyler Glass now. Do they go for their Yamamoto? They already got Otani. Does that perhaps maybe take them out of the Max Freed race next offseason? You know, as Braves fans, we've seen Dansby Swanson. We've seen Freddie Freeman hit free agency and leave. It feels like if Max Freed gets there that he's probably gone, but where are you at right now with Max Freed and your chances of him coming back in Atlanta after 2024? Yeah, I guess at this point, I mean, it's a 50-50 proposition in that he either will or he won't. But beyond that, I don't really know how to handicap it at this point because you bring up the obvious answers of you know how what the solution was uh, for Freddie Freeman. Ultimately, the Braves decided, hey, we can't wait anymore. I traded for Matt Olson, extended him, and that was the end of Freddie's time as a Brave. That was the most shocking one. Dansby Swanson signing elsewhere in his free agent walk year, you know, that I, I know really affected a, a good portion of Braves fans that didn't want to see that happen, but still... You know, it was a possibility, and I think everybody knew that going into the offseason. And now you look at Max Freed, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't put a lot of durability questions on him. I know he got sick in 2022. I look at that as an outlier. That's not something that, you know, if I'm looking at a long-term contract with him that I'm extremely worried about. 
Now, the forearm issue that he had in 2023, I'd like to see how he pitches in 2024, maybe before I decide exactly where I am, if we're just being pragmatic about it. But can you afford to wait that long? I mean, as he does get into free agency, everybody can point at the Dodgers or point you know out at California. But if some team, and I'm just throwing a, a crazy number out there because they've been doing it lately, like the Texas Rangers wants to toss 160 or $170 million at Max Fried, are we really thinking he wouldn't sign there? Or pick another team that might just be in the mood, the Yankees, to pay for $170 worth of a new left-hander. I mean, these things happen, and it's not all based on geography. So I would throw that out there. But if Max Fried is able to show that he's healthy this year, I think the Braves should really look long and hard at locking him in for the next five, six, whatever years it is. Maybe there's some options built into that, and maybe they can find a way to really start to answer some of the questions that are swirling around what will this rotation look like long-term beyond Spencer Strider? Because it's some very fair questions to ask, and there's more than a couple of question marks in that rotation once you get to the other side of the 2024 season. It certainly is the biggest question and biggest thing that I think Alex Anthopoulos in the front office is going to have to deal with long-term is what does this rotation look like? Whether it's Max Fried or like you said, if they feel like the writing's on the wall there, do they have to go out and, and get somebody in place for that because this lineup as we said it's going to be good it's going to be good for a while it's going to be a playoff contending team but how do you supplement that starting rotation behind spencer strider going forward i think that has obviously got to be something that is the, the forefront of alex anthopolis mind going forward and how to build that up now as we said this team is very good they are expected to win for a long time and get into the postseason and have su some success as we alluded to earlier what does that look like? Can they get back to win another World Series? We'll discuss all of that next. I want to remind you again that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Grant, want to get down to the nitty-gritty here as we look to the future, we've discussed, you know, the state of the franchise, selling out, you know, over half their games, drawing in a lot of fans, making a lot of money, had a lot of success already, six straight division titles, a World Series, an NLCS appearance in there that still pains me because I yeah. feel like they would have won that World Series had they gotten one more win there over the Dodgers. But this team is set up to get back to the postseason, as we mentioned right now, especially with this playoff format, you just kind of get there. Hope you're clicking at the right time, make a deep run and win another World Series. And as we kind of alluded to earlier as well, kind of comparing it to the 90s, 2000s, is it really just as simple as they got to win one more World Series? More than likely. I mean, I think you'll take as many as you can get. But I mean, you look at what the Giants did in the early 2010s and they weren't the prohibitive favorite coming into, I don't think any of those seasons that they won the World Series where you just looked at it and said, you know what? It's the Giants and everybody else is chasing them. They just found ways to win. I, I Given the postseason format was different 10 years ago than it is now, but I'm not going to point it all at the format because somebody's got to win this thing every year, and it's not always going to be you know someone that had to play in the wild card round, certainly. And as people have pointed out, the Astros have had some success last couple of years, though I would point out that you know 2023, they had some early success, and then it kind of fell apart for them too here in the postseason. But 
that's the way it can can happen. I mean, you look at the 2021 run for the Braves, they kind of had some trouble scoring runs against the Milwaukee Brewers in that first round, but they were able to score just enough, get past them, beat the Dodgers, beat the Astros, and win the World Series. So honestly, I think every series is its own challenge. Every season clearly is going to play out a little bit differently. I can't expect the Braves to have the best record in baseball every year, but I don't know. You look at those betting odds, and I think a lot of people are expecting that the Braves will do it again this season. And as we've already talked about ad nauseum on this show and others, it's a great core. It's a great team. Adding to it, making it better, finding the right moves over the winter that might pay off later in October, those are all things that the Braves are concentrating on. It's not wholesale changes. It's not trying to completely reimagine your franchise. I mean, they have once again established, and I don't know that it's going to be 14 straight division titles, but they've established a culture of winning and an expectation of winning. And as I talk to guys that played in the 90s, I always look at 91 and think, man, that was the greatest World Series I've ever seen, but the wrong team won. Then the Braves finally won it in 95, but the guys that were on those teams that first five or six years especially said 96 is the one that got away. So you'd like to see the Braves make it back to the World Series as many times as possible and maybe not have to tell the story about the one that got away that might feel a little bit reminiscent to that NLCS you were talking about in 2020. Yeah, I mean, it it almost feels like 2023 is the one that got away. It's hard to say that when you didn't advance out of the first round, but I mean, just with that team that they had and the historic offense that they had, just unfortunate that went cold at the absolute worst time of the year. But that team is, I still think, one of the best Brave team, Braves teams I've ever witnessed. I've gone back and watched a couple of games from this past season. I mean, it was just such a fun team to watch, like I said, especially that offense. And again, hopefully – they get another championship here in here because or in here because you look, you know, at that 90s, 2000s, 14 straight division titles. It's crazy to think this mm-hmm. Braves team has won six in a row, not even halfway to what that team, that group did in the 90s, 2000s, but still just that one World Series. And I think as Braves fans, we look back at that and just feel like it should have been more. Hopefully, with this group the Braves have, that's not the case. And again, I think. You know, having some deeper runs as well certainly helps. I mean, losing at any point, whether it's the NLCS or the World Series, still hurts. But again, would like to see this Braves team have some deeper runs, get back to the World Series, have a couple of more opportunities and take one home. I'm interested as well because you look at that 90s, 2000s team, you think about the big three in the rotation, you think about Chipper, Andrew, and others later on as well as some of the guys who were there in the earlier part of the 90s, the Justices, the Lemkes, and all them. When you look back at this core, it's kind of split in half because it was you know Freeman and, and Dansby's team early on with you know Max Free to the top of the rotation and others. And now you kind of look, you're just like you're starting the second half of this run, and it's the core of you know Acuna and Ozzy and, and Riley and those guys and Spencer Strider in the rotation. So uh, it's going to be kind of interesting, Grant. We look back you know at this run, and we're still, I think, halfway through it. I think there's still another five years in this run, how you're going to look back and the, the particular players you're going to look at through this run that you really, you know, think back on as guys who really carried that decade of the Braves. Yeah. And it's kind of hard to look back right now because there's still a lot to look forward to. I mean, beginning with the 2024 season. And I think as we talked about with these contracts, the rest of the decade seems to be laid out for the Braves to be a very competitive team. This window of contention shouldn't be slamming shut anytime soon, but You know, you had Freddie Freeman, Dansby Swanson, and others, you know, in 2018 when the Braves kind of surprised, I think, baseball by winning the National League East there for the first of the six consecutive times. But, hey, Ronald Acuna Jr. showed up. Ozzie Albies was there. 
Next thing you know, it, it was Austin Riley joining the fray, Michael Harris and Spencer Strider coming along to just fortify, make that group even better. The trades for Matt Olson and then Sean Murphy. And of course, that was kind of the changing of the guard at first base and all of those things. I think that we'll be able to probably wax poetic a lot more about it in a few years, but you just want to see what the capability of this group is in terms of being able to turn the significant talent that they have and potential that they have to win these championships into some results. And I do think maybe to go back to your first question, is it as simple as winning just one more World Series as a group? Maybe, but I don't think that it rests there with these guys either. As I talked about earlier on, you know, they're focused on winning. It's not just about come in, be competitive in the regular season, win the East, and then whatever happens, happens. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, just imagine how many guys in that room, including the coaching staff in that front office, is thinking, we've done this once now. We should be able to do this again. So that, I think, is a prevailing thought heading into the future. But how we look at it, you know, at the halfway point, if you want to call it that, because I don't know if it's going to be 14 straight. I don't really know how to call it yet, but I'm hoping that this is a team that's just able to do the things it's capable of doing. Because if it is, this could be, as I said earlier on, a golden age of Braves baseball. It certainly could be. I mean, as a fan, you got to look at it and say, this is as healthy as I think this Braves franchise has ever been with the money they're making, the players they have, and the long-term future success that we see right now, as we've talked about. It's an exciting time to be a Braves fan as we enter 2024 looking forward to the 2024 season and beyond to see all these players get back on the field grant thank you so much for joining me to discuss the state of the braves as we enter the new year and again really excited to get back after it and discuss more of this braves offseason and get prepped for the 2024 season with you that will do it for this episode of a locked on braves again make sure you follow us on social media at shortstop ball at locked on underscore braves subscribe to us on youtube if you're new hit that thumbs up button and make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Lockdown Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast, and we will. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. D.C. Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 